Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. There's nothing better than getting ready to record another episode of the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with my partner, Gus Kearns, than doing it the night that UNC loses at Florida State, Marcus Howard drops 50. 50 plus. 50, 50 plus, And Kansas lost last night. <laughs> How you doing, partner? Really good, but I don't think as good as you after that Kansas loss. I mean, you were you were pulling for that so down heavy. screen, back screen. Oh, the curl cuts, Gus. The curl cuts. How do I love them? Ah, oh. how much did you love them losing to Texas Tech? Tell the audience right now. How much did Mike Randall enjoy Kansas losing to Texas Tech on their home floor? More than my daughter loves a ice cream Sunday. On a hot summer day down the Jersey Shore. Gus, I have been saying all along that Kansas is not going to win the Big 12. And there's no chance. By the way, they're done. There's no, there's no chance. They're not winning the Big 12. And it's not that I have a personal attack on Kansas, but they, they just don't have it. They just don't have – they have no bench. Gus, I think they were outscored, what, 23-3 to 3 on the bench by Texas Tech? P.S. That Texas Tech bench – is legit with those freshmen. Well, and certainly, man, we love college basketball and we love seeing the underdog. So here's a Texas Tech team that has never won at Kansas. Never won at Kansas. And they come in and beat them. I don't know. I'm looking, Gus. Do, do you see any Devontae Graham truthers? I'm, I'm just looking. And, and he played well last night. He, but, he did. He, but, he had a great second half. But those first team All-American people, have you seen them? Can you? I'm looking. Uh, are they over I, here? I, I got, hold on. Maybe they're are they under this. Wait. Oh, oh, I don't see. I don't see any. I don't. So sorry. I just can't find them, Gus. Maybe they're over by you. How are we doing? I think you're gonna go on a long search for those people. Uh, you know where they're not? They're not at TCU on Saturday night either. <laughs> they sure are not. They're gonna have a little trouble rebounding against that front line. I'm gonna tell you that TCU win in overtime against Baylor was also epic. Really impressive. There, there's a lot to talk about. So what do you want to concentrate on first here for the listeners? What, what do we want to give the listeners first here? Shot of that game, Gus, though. Vladimir Brodzianski's three. Selakanth, Brodzianski. How great was him stepping out and hitting that giant three? I am, I'm here with my daughter. I'm watching it, Gus, as we're getting prepared for her adenoid surgery the next night. Okay. And I'm sitting there and I actually said out loud when he went to shoot it, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Wait, we weren't watching a Purdue game and you said that. Uh, uh, no, no, Purdue. We'll get to Purdue a little bit. Okay, here we go. I can't wait for pull out okay. every metric. Virginia, by the way. Oh, my God. How, how annoying is this Virginia Tech game for you? It is like a root canal without Novakin. Is it painful? It's painful. Yeah, it's painful. God, was it 80 to 20 or something like that? I mean, they're, they're going to have like a negative Ken Palm rating tomorrow. Let's go to the worried, not worried list. So these are going to be some teams. I'm very curious to get your opinion based on what, you know, the majority of the college basketball fans thought of them preseason, beginning of the season. Sure. Where they are now. Are you worried that that perception was accurate or inaccurate? And Gus, I don't know. Would you like to start with the Kansas Jayhawks? Uh, they're 11-3. and three. They're 1-1 one and one in conference. They've beat Kentucky, Syracuse, and one at Texas. Shorthanded Texas team, but at Texas. Then they lost to Washington, Arizona State, and Texas Tech. That's three home games. I know our followers are going to say it's only two, but I'm going to say it's three. Conliff is home-ish, home-ish, home-ish. is back. D'Souza's eligible. Billy Preston is playing. Where's Waldo? Gus, worried, not worried for the Kansas Jayhawks. I think we have to take each one of these worried, not worried with two separate categories. Is that fair? To do it, me you want. personally, like I don't care. Like I'm not, I'm not invested in the Jayhawks, but am I worried about them being great and being a championship contender? Yeah, sure, absolutely, a hundred percent. 
if you are a Kansas Jayhawk team that prides yourself on winning multiple, multiple being double-digit straight Big 12 titles, a constant Final Four threat, and a team that everybody talks about, uh, including Vegas, as a championship favorite every year, I, I think they're a step down from that this year. So yeah, I'm worried. But how about the fan base? How about how about actual Jayhawk fans? I think they have to be extremely worried. People were talking about how Devontae Graham was going to step in and be a, a player of the year candidate like Frank Mason was, like you mentioned this earlier in, in the lead-up. That's, that's not going to happen. He had a great second half last night against Texas Tech and, and held them and kept them in that game. But yeah, I would be unbelievably worried on multiple levels. Here's how worried I would be if I was a Jayhawk fan. I would start worrying not about losing like the Big 12. I would be worried about dropping a couple of these road games that are going to be proved to be unbelievably difficult in the Big 12. Yeah, it's a, it's a per- great point. Personally, like, yeah, who cares? But I think as the fan base, I think there's legit worry on their end. There is. And these teams that have won their conferences year after year, your Kansas teams, your Villanova teams, Gonzaga, those sort of teams, what makes them so great, one of the key characteristics, Gus, they don't lose road games to inferior opponents. Great point. They, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. You know, our high school coaches talk about that. Three ways that you're going to be a great team. Beat all the teams you're supposed to beat, win at yep. home, and beat somebody you're not supposed to beat. Yep, every once in a while. Kansas does not get tripped up at home ever, especially. Now, listen, Texas Tech is good. Texas Tech is very good. I remember I said that you, they play 10 times. Texas Tech could win the Big 12 at least once. We talked about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was a great call. And I think, uh, by the way, I think that's that uh, we might up that number to two or three now. Exactly. But they're, they're better than Washington. Gus, shouldn't lose to Washington. Okay. They're, they now lost at home to Texas Tech and Arizona State. No shame in those. But I'm sorry, worried because I, they're not beating TCU. Gus, they're not that front line, not with Kendrick Williams, not with Brodzianski, uh, Noy. They're not winning that game. So I agree. Can I just point out one thing about that upcoming game with Kansas and TCU? I think that TCU's extended length in the backcourt, I think it's going to give Devontae Graham lots of issues because they gave Manu LeCompte unbelievable issues trying to get into the lane and find open shots. So I, I can see Devontae Graham having real problems scoring the ball and finding openings that he usually has available against this good TCU backcourt. The guy who I'm so on right now, love him, J.D. Miller. He does a little bit of everything, Johnny on the spot. He's killed that zone late in the game against Baylor. That's a big win for TCU, so they didn't start Mm -hmm. 0-2 going into the Kansas game. I cannot envision a way that Kansas can beat this TCU team. I can't. They're going to get killed on the boards. TCU is not going to have Devontae Graham score 35. Like he, I feel like he has to right now. I yeah. don't see it. I don't care what the line is. You're the fishy line guy. You're on fire, by the way, folks. Follow Gus at SDS Podcast. Puts out the lines. Also follow him at Kearns 12 He's on fire. He's really hitting his stride here. I don't care what the line is, Gus. I'm giving the points. I give six to eight points. I'm telling you right now, I don't think Kansas is keeping this game close. I think when that line comes out, I think it's going to be Kansas favored. Oh, my gosh. Um, or, or even... So I think that I, I, that sounds oh like gosh. an easy grab on your end. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but if we're just talking like logistics for this particular game, I think the bigs like Azabuki has been actually playing pretty well. Playing very well. But I, very well. But I think he's going to get canceled out by Brozianski. Yeah. I, think he's, I, think that, I think that's an even match there. And then if we're going to put Vic against Kendrick Williams, I, I mean, I, that seems like a wash as well. Yeah. Maybe even slight advantage TCU. And then we just talked about the advantage that they're going to have on the defensive end in the backcourt. 
I think things are pointing in TCU's direction. I'm with you here. Totally agree. Next one, Gus, Providence Friars. This is a team I was big on. They've really stumbled here. They're 10-6 and six overall, not a great record with non-conference. They're 1-2 mm-hmm. and two in the Big East, only 1-2. and two. They beat Washington. They beat Boston College. They beat St. Right. John's. Big one over St. John's, by the way. They lost to Minnesota. All right, and this is a team here coming into the season. They returned a lot of their starters. Okay, people were very high on them. They thought they could definitely be a dark horse candidate here. I'm looking at them in the Big East, Gus. They are third from the bottom. They mm-hmm. are right with Georgetown. They are barely above St. John's and DePaul. Uh, last few games, they lost at Creighton. They lost against Marquette. Yep. What's the deal with Providence? People thought they were top 25 team, borderline top 25 team. Worried, not sure. worried. I think they're just transparent right now. I think they are exactly what they are and exactly what they have been for the past couple of seasons. I don't think they're any different from what they've been the last couple of seasons. I think they're going to have the opportunity to beat anybody any night because they have uh, a great garden cart, right? Coach Cooley actually lets them play and lets them fire it up and, and gives them a little bit of freedom on the offensive end. 29 points tonight for Cartwright, yep. Yeah, so I I believe that that that's gonna that that's a thing that's gonna be positive for them. And you know, we just talked about uh, you know pre podcast about how some of these Providence players have just put up like massive numbers in the past, and I think he's gonna fall right into that fall right into line with that. And so you have a dangerous offensive weapon, but like think about Providence teams in the past. Haven't they always had like this big moment, this big upset, like a, maybe a nice run at Madison Square Garden, the Big East tournament, and then maybe win a game or two or at least play well in March. And if they get invited, I think it's the exact same thing that's going to happen again this year. Fine. They get off to a, a slow start in the Big East. I, I think once they get their acts together, there'll be like a 500 Big East team. They'll get an invite. They'll be like a nine or 10 seed. Maybe that playing game again, like they were previously. Worried, not worried. I think they're just going to be transparent. How's that? I'm a little worried. I'm rooting for them, though. I like Ed Cooley. I believe oh, in Ed absolutely. Cooley. It is bothersome, Gus, to look at this game against Marquette tonight and see that Marcus Howard tonight, Gus, had 52 points on the road at Providence, 19 from three-point range. Hauser only had nine, Rousey had 16, and that is it. That's a pro- That's a game you got to win, Gus. If you're going to be a contender, a dark horse in the Big East, and you're going to be a borderline top 25 team, you cannot lose at home to basically one guy to a Marquette team. It's probably going to be around 500, give or take. You just can't because, Gus, it's hard to believe you're going to go on the road and win a Villanova. It's hard to believe you're going to go on the road and win a Butler. It's like these are Xavier. So, like, who are you right. beating? If you're not beating you know, Marcus Howard with 52 at home, who are you beating in the Big East? That's my concern. Can we just acknowledge that Marcus Howard put up 52 points and tied the Big East record and hit 11 three-pointers in this game? Mm-hmm. That is insane. Didn't, and who did he tie? Did he tar, tie a former Providence Friar? Yeah, I believe he tied Marshawn Brooks. Yes, Big East 52, he tied Marshawn Brooks. Unbelievable. I mean, that, I mean, kudos, uh, uh, cheers. That is amazing. That kid is Trey Young light. Like, he's like a step below Trey Young right now, as far as like gifted shooters in the nation. He doesn't, yeah. He, it, get, shooter, he's right there. He doesn't create as much as, as um, Young does. Of course, Young has no. assists, but that that's incredible. That's insane. It's a gr- tremendous performance and a great road win for Marquette. It's a road win in the Big East. It's tremendous. You, you, can't, you can't discuss it. Can't beat it. These road wins in conference, especially in, 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 in conferences like the Big 12 or the Big East or, or the ACC, I don't think that any one of these road wins should be sneezed at and yawned at. Like They should be acknowledged like, great win, move on, 
that's going to do wonders for you in March. Like, so this is going to do wonders for Marquette in March. I, I'm totally with you on that. Goose, talk to me about North Carolina. They're 12 and three overall. They are one and one in the ACC. They start off like a house of fire. They beat Arkansas, by the way, by 20. That looks pretty good, huh? Mm-hmm. Then they yeah. then they lost to uh, Michigan State. Then they beat Michigan. They won at Davids. Good. They they beat a tough fought game against Tennessee on the road. Everybody's fired about that. Then they lost it home to Wofford. Inexcusable. Then they beat Ohio right. State. They take care of business against Wake. But that game was closer than we thought. And now they sure. go on the road against a desperate Florida State team that needed this game. So, Gus, I was, you know, I wish I would stay with my instinct. I was down on UNC. Then they got hot. Then I came back. I'm starting to worry a little bit, man. How are they going to do in the ECC this year? Are they still a top three team? No. Whoa. That they are. Here's why. And we'll maybe get to this later in the podcast. And if we don't get this later in the podcast, we'll get this to a, in a later podcast later on this week. But they're one of these like top tier teams, right? That's totally playing out of character and playing a little bit out of their comfort zone as far as how they traditionally play. So the worry meter for me is, yeah, worry. And the worry meter for the fan base is, yeah, worry. Is the duo of Luke May and uh, Joel Burry II absolutely dynamic on offense? 100%. Like, that's one of the best duos in the nation. Joel Berry is winning time. He's a winning time guy. Awesome. Tonight, Florida State was ready to move away and blow that game out. And then Berry hits a three. Yep. And then Berry makes a steal. And then so Berry good. goes back door. The guy's a winner. In terms of the last three minutes, I can't name you five players in college basketball I want more than Joel Berry. He's got to be in the top five that you want winning time. Yeah, that, that might be a good conversation for a later podcast, too. Like, what players do you want on your team the last two minutes down to? Joel Berry is definitely one of those guys. 100%. If we go positionless, like, Joel Berry is definitely one of those guys. I, I totally agree with you. But I, I think the worry is, is I don't know, accurately placed. And I think your preseason read on the Tar Heels was kind of accurate. Maybe they're more of a top 20-ish team than a top 10-ish or top eight or top seven ish team. I thought that then maybe they could revisit that, but I think this playing a little bit out of character and not having the traditional two bigs that they like to play with and, 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 and you know, trying to play Pinson down there a tiny bit, um, asking May to do a, a boatload of the rebounding, uh, trying to incorporate some of these freshmen, uh, Brooks among them, who's actually playing really well uh, yeah, yeah. to take up some of that time. I, I just think they're playing a little bit out of character. And because they're playing a little bit out of character and a little bit uncomfortable, they're going to run into a road loss like this against Florida State. And here's my point. Very well said. And here's my point. I, are we sure that Cam Johnson is going to be like this scoring? Mm. All of, you know, he was 11 points at Pittsburgh. Great point. Okay. Now he's got he's, – he's third in the pecking order, if he's lucky, behind right. May and Barry. And I'm not saying he, he had to come in and score 15. I'm just saying his impact may not be as large. I love Theo Pinson, who doesn't want Theo Pinson on his team. Oh. Gus, Theo Pinson is three of 25 from three point range. So I just want to keep that in mind. Like, the, you know, Theo Pinson isn't going to take a game over offensively. It's not his game. I have no problem with that. He's averaging five rebounds, four assists, nine points. I get it. Right. But in winning time, Luke May struggles to score against more athletic bigs. Correct. He can't create his own shot. Joel Berry should be quadruple teamed. Okay. okay. And then we're left with Kenny Williams, Cam Johnson, and Theo Pinson. I'm just a little worried, my friend. No. (laughs) I agree. I think if that's the blueprint that you're following with two minutes to go, you're going to find some holes in the blueprint. I'm totally with you. And you're heavily reliant on Joel Berry making a giant play like he usually does, like he did this evening. But 
you can't bank on that night after night after night as much as you'd like to. Going west, going out to California, Phantom Planet, California, right? We should play that song. California. Uh, USC, are you worried? 10 and 5 in conference. Uh, 10 and 5 overall, 1 and 1 in conference. Gus lost to Texas A&M, lost to SMU, lost to Trey Young in Oklahoma by two. They beat New Mexico State. They beat Middle Tennessee. They beat Washington State. Chemezi Metu had to give up his captaincy, Gus, after in the Washington State game, striking Carter Skaggs in the groin. De'Anthony Melton, we think, is going to – Anthony Melton's going to be back at some point. But Gus, USC, you a little worried? This is a team that was a top three team in the Pac-12. Worried, not worried. Very worried. I think this might be the highest worry. Ma- maximum worryometer, if you will. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we're redlining in the worryometer. How's that? Uh, here are the reasons why we're worried. Number one, love, love McLaughlin. Underrated. I think he's a f- totally fabulous point guard. However, I believe that there's some animosity because Thornton is sitting on the bench doing nothing. Oh, very good. So I think there might be some like petty back and forth there that uh, Coach Enfield is going to have to manage. I mean, we have to we have to look at this as like former like, you know, former athletes ourselves that are in a team dynamic. Weren't we not like annoyed, but like that was something that the coach had to solve or like the players had to solve themselves. So that's definitely existing, even though nobody's talking about that. Yes. And the difference is, Gus, when we played and the college players, then your attitude was put your nose to the grindstone and work harder. Nowadays, kids have no attention. They have instant gratification with the internet. So they are not patient. Fascinating point. Go on, Uh, my friend. Preach. uh, I think also that the Metsu thing is interesting because he's one of the rocks Uh, on both ends of the floor for them. And the fact that he made such a poor decision in that game with Skaggs. And by the way, I love Skaggs. He's an awesome player. Mm -hmm. I kind of had him down in the notebook uh, during the last couple of podcasts to get get him mentioned because he is just a – I love his game. His game is like super unique and very YMCA-ish. But he can shoot the ball and score it. Holy smokes, I love that guy. I I I think there's a lot of moving parts here that aren't moving the right direction and aren't moving in unison. For USC. So I, I'm very worried. Do they have the talent to get it straightened out? Sure. I think Coach Enfield's really going to earn his money here because I, I think this could go south like really quickly. And I think he's got to do some problem solving and some crisis control in practice uh, and in the locker room to get this team back to the point where you said they might be is like top three in the conference and maybe like a top 10 team in the nation. So I, I worryometer, very high. Two more quick I want to give you. First one in the SEC. What do you make of Tennessee, Gus? Tennessee started on fire. Close game against USC. Loses it at home. They beat Furman. They win at Wake. Then they lose at Arkansas in a game, man. They had the whole way through. Uh-huh. And they got blitzed at the end. Then they lost to Bruce Pitt Pearl in the revenge game. Bruce Pearl comes in. Uh, Bruce Pearl beats them at home in Tennessee, 94-84. So they they should have won the game at Arkansas, but it's a road loss. They're now not. They're nine and four now. They're zero and two in the SEC. Beginning mm-hmm. of the year, we didn't think much of Tennessee. So I guess my question here is: Are you worried about what people were thinking about them as a top twenty-five team? And do you think they're going to make the NCAA tournament? Wow, that last question is really intriguing. Let's go to the worry, not worry, not worried. Their whole thing is they're going to out-effort you, and they're going to outwork you, and they're going to out-execute you. They're still going to do that in the SEC. There's going to be nights where they're going to be allowed to do that. And that Auburn game with Coach Pearl did have an odd dynamic that you don't normally have to deal with. 
So I think that had some extenuating circumstances that don't normally come into play when you're game planning for a, uh, a conference foe. Uh, so I think that was really unique. Um, so I think we can take that one out of the equation. But again, that Arkansas game with that Arkansas backcourt, like just pulling that comeback big time. You know what's going to happen to this team? The truth is just going to be told because they just don't have the talent level of the other top echelon SEC teams. So I think they're just going to slowly fade and sink right to the middle of the conference, which is kind of where they should have been all along. So, I mean, yes, did they pull some upsets and get some great wins? Absolutely, 100%. Have they played great games against top-level teams, UNC, Arkansas, Auburn? Yes, 100%. Are they uh, a tournament team? Yeah, I think they are a tournament team. I think they're going to make the tournament, and I think they're a very live, like, 6, 7, 8 seed. I don't think any team that has a number one seed wants to see Tennessee in that 8-9 game, for sure. Are they, you know, a a top 25 team? No. But are they a top... 40 team? Sure. Are they a 500 team in the SEC that's really strong this year? Absolutely. Will they get an invite? Yes, I think they will. Last one for you. Let's go out to the West Coast Conference, St. Mary's. Now listen, if you look at the ah. if you look at the numbers, man, they're 2-0. Gonzaga's 2-0. San Diego's 2-0. They're 13-2, mm-hmm. and but their non-conference mm-hmm. schedule was not robust, man. You know the deal. They nope. lost there. <laughs> no, no, you're being kind, it was man. Not, they were Washington State, Georgia back-to-back. Then they won at Cal, Sacramento, Seattle. Okay, beat Dayton. Dayton won tonight, beat St. Bonaventure, I'm just saying. Uh, right, right. That that win that that win will look better in the future. But here's the here's the deal. They should have lost to BYU. BYU's not an easy yep. place to play, but they lost players from last year. They should have won this game. They got a huge comeback. They outscored them fourteen to four in overtime. They win seventy four sixty four. My question, Gus, is this: compared to the West Coast Conference coaches, who all of them, except for Randy Bennett himself, said they're going mm-hmm. to win the West Coast Conference this year, worried, not worried, if you think they're going to win the conference. Oh, absolutely worried that they're not going to win the conference because they're not going to win the conference. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Like, that's simple, right? I I agree with you. Yes. That's really – there's nothing much else to say. So I I don't know if there's anything we need to worry about. I think that's just – that's what's just going to happen. The listeners out there will remember that, like, I'm I'm kind of invested in Gonzaga. And not not, not like a Gonzaga homer, but I am a fan. And, you know, did predict predict them to go to the Final Four last year preseason and rode them the whole entire season. And in the I Believe section a couple podcasts back, if you remember this, Mike Randall, we said that – Gonzaga Bulldogs are going to be in line for another trip to the Elite Eight this year, which means if they make to the Elite Eight, that means they're probably going to win the conference. So back to St. Mary's. St. Mary's shortcoming is always what it is. They are unbelievably efficient on offense and and score the ball at a very efficient rate. However, they don't defend. They don't they the, the tempo that they play at is such creates such a low variance that it doesn't allow for a, a, a large uh, margin of error. And when they play Gonzaga, Gonzaga is going to out-athlete them and actually outshoot them. So there's no chance that they're going to beat Gonzaga. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. So I think we can legitimately – you asked this question about Tennessee. I think we can legitimately worry about them getting an invite if they don't win the, if they don't win the conference. It's amazing, man, what, what difference a year makes. Last year, I'm brutal on West Virginia, and I'm brutal on Gonzaga. And this year, I love them both. <laughs> You're back on board. I love, I love them both. I think they're both great. I, I, again, we keep it 100 here. I'm objective. I may be insane. My predictions may be off sometimes. 
but I'm objective. I like Gonzaga this year in the West Coast Conference. I agree. What do we got next? Uh, okay, so what I thought we could do next, and we t- touched on this a little bit with our conversation on Kansas, Mike. And what I what I took a look at, I mean, just looking at the the general landscape of college basketball where we're at right now, and we've had uh, you know a number of upsets. Another thing that we said on the I Believe segment a couple of podcasts back is we both were in agreement that there were just going to be more upsets that came. I mean, there was that initial wave of upsets where you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that team lost to that team. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe that 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 happened. And we said, both of us agreed that there's just going to be more upsets that happen, and that's just continuing to show uh, to be truthful moving forward. And paying attention to these upsets and paying attention to these top teams, I think there's some things that we can poke holes in on traditional top-tier teams that are always in the championship Final Four conversation and maybe just point out, like, hmm, not necessarily worry, but maybe point out, like, I wonder if these things will improve. So do you want to go through a couple of teams and, and, and maybe talk about some of their shortcomings and, and, I don't know, make a prediction to see if these things might improve? Fire away like Rambo. Okay. So here, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to load a uh, – I'm going to take one out of the quiver, uh, pull it back a little bit, aim true, and we'll start with Kansas. And here's the problem with Kansas. I'll point out the problem. You, you, you comment on the problem. Number one, you called this very early on this season, the lack of depth. Also, they are very reliant on the three without a a great three-point shooter like a, I don't know, Marcus Howard or a Trey Young or somebody like that. Like, Devontae Graham is going to shoot it nicely. Yes, uh, Vic shoots it okay. Savi is going to shoot it okay. Um, but do they have that, like, knockdown, oh, my goodness, that guy's never going to miss three-point shooter? Even like a DJ Hogue? Like, no, they don't have that guy. Um, so they don't have a ton of depth. They're very reliant on the three pointer and they actually play at a fast pace. So that fast pace allows for the other team to be a little bit more efficient offensively. So Mike, number one, the three questions are, are they, will this depth thing get figured out? Yes or no. Are they too reliant on the three and does their pace of play worry you? The depth thing will get figured out. Cunliffe and D'Souza have to help. Billy Preston, I assume will play at some point and he may have been their best all-around player talent-wise coming into the year his mother Gus put out a tweet Mm -hmm. basically saying get off my son's back but what I thought was revealing by what she said is she said you know we could have went to Europe we could have went somewhere else and made a ton of money, but we're right. staying at Kansas because we believe it's going to get figured out. So at least they, it tells me they, that they, they, they could have went to play. Lithuania with the balls. You're, yeah, we know I didn't do that. <laughs> but uh, so to me, if Billy Preston comes back and they have Preston and Cunliffe and D'Souza, uh, that's that's pretty good bench. So yes, I think the bench will be figured out. Uh, second one was relying on the three. Yeah, right. That was yeah. the second one you, you, uh, because Bill Self traditionally like shuns the three, but the past couple of years he's been leaning. Uh, more towards it and letting his players have a little bit more freedom with the pr- three-point line? The answer is December 16th. December 16th, Gus, they played at Nebraska. Mm. They won 73-72. Udoko Azubuki had 26 points and 10 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Gus, if Azubuki, their center, is going to give them 26 points and they win by one point, it's a problem. It's a problem. Because look at Purdue. Mm-hmm. Okay, And we know I'm not a Purdue guy. Okay, But look at Purdue. Isaac Haas has been playing great. Purdue winning by 30 points every game. You know why? They make threes. So if the big man is going to do well, in theory, that should create open shots. Correct. When Azabuki has had huge games, that hasn't meant a heck of a lot to them. 26 points at Nebraska. Right. He, he, he then had 21 points against Oakland. Do with that as you may. 
In these big games, though, against your Texas Tech, mm-hmm. against your uh, Arizona State, right. against your Washingtons, 10 points, 13 points, 11 points. What that means to me is Azubuki is not a legit scoring option against top-ranked opponents. Okay. Bro, if that's the case, how are they scoring? And if you're going to shoot the three, yep. be athletic about it, okay? Svima Heilek is a great shooter. He does not create his own shot. You know what he does, Gus? He, he pump, pump fakes. He pump fakes right. and he gets a three. But he's not curling off a screen. That's what Graham can do. So they're not super athletic when they're shooting the three. They are inconsistent with it. They have not shot it well in the last few games. And they don't have a legit big. So, no, the answer is no. I, I think that's a major, major problem for them. And your third question was? Uh, I was worried that their pace of play allows for other teams to hang around and gives them more opportunities. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and you know what I noticed, too, is Texas Tech does that dribble handoff. Right? You see that? Yeah. And Arizona State does it also. But when they do the dribble handoff, they're, they're cutting to the basket. They're 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 reversing. Well, they're cutting uh, hard too. Like yeah. they're cutting. Yeah, well said. Keenan Evans doing a spin dribble off of it, top of the key. Go, all Kansas does just do the, just do the handoff. Just do the handoff, and they There's eventually no turn the corner. The There's no action. Right. Honestly, I think Self is really going to struggle this year. There's no way they're beating TCU. They're starting one and two. I'm telling you right now, West Virginia. So yeah, I'm worried about all three things. I just think it's going to be a down year for Kansas. What do you want me to tell you? That's it. I I think you're spot on there with all of those assessments. Um, especially the last one uh, about how they're using the cuts. Like I'm totally with you on that. All right, let's go to the, another top-tier team that's always in the conversation, although this particular year they've flown a little bit under the radar. Uh, are you concerned? I only really have one giant concern with Kentucky. Uh, I guess I guess one giant one and one lesser one. So the giant one is um, they don't have Malik Monk. They can't shoot it. So are you worried about their lack of three-point shooting in such a three-point heavy environment? And are you worried about all of these freshmen playing all of these men? I think they will figure it out. I think we have to wait until Jared Vanderbilt returns. Great to really To really assess them. Great point. But I will say I'm done with the 38 stars. All right, I'm done with that routine. Okay. Because obviously not all stars are created equal. And I guess we should have known that, but I just didn't think there would be this much of a drop-off. Right. You, you you were doing the rankings. Where rankings will be out tomorrow, folks, on RandallRant.com. Do the top 25 every week. You talked about Gilgerius Alexander. Yeah. Diallo. They're getting better. They are. Knox is getting better. Quade Green. They're they're starting to gel. Um, boy, Wayne and Gabriel, by the way. Milk carton for Wayne and Gabriel. Uh, so I don't think we can judge them until Vanderbilt is back. But I do think it's concerning, man, because they don't have the legitimate point guard. And did you notice, man, there's a difference. You have a scoring point guard. Yeah. You have a guard who handles the ball, Trey Young, Trey Holder. You You have somebody like that. That is a big, big deal. That can make a huge difference. I, I, I think that they since they don't have that dynamic scorer and that dynamic playmaker at point guard, they do have length, they do have talent, they do have difference makers. But yeah, I, I feel like they're lacking that. So I, I think that's another thing that we can throw into this. Like, you know, traditionally, Kentucky plays with this like great point guard and they're not doing that this year. So I think that's another thing that takes them out of their character. So uh, I think very well identified there by you. Um, I, I think they will get it together, though. I do think they will get it together, and I think they will have a streak coming to the NCAA tournament where they're very hot. Oh, I, I, I think so, too. I think, that, uh, personally, I think they're going to, I think they're actually going to be really dangerous. And especially if they can just get Gabriel, uh, Knox, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Green, you know, somebody, get, just get a couple of reliable shooters where you have to at least respect it out there. 
and then those driving lanes can get opened up a little bit. I really think if they can they can create that um, worriness uh, or that attention on the perimeter, I think that would I think that's going to do wonders for them on the offensive end because you know that Cal is going to get them to defend at a decently high level, even though they're freshmen. There may be freshman mistakes and things you shake your head at, but I think the effort will be there for them. Um, how about how about the next team, which is really your, your, uh, I should have saved these guys for last, but I, I didn't in my lineup. I'm really sorry. How about the turnover problem with Michigan State? Are you worried about the turnover problem with Michigan State? Usually, Izzo teams take really good care of the ball. They really respect each possession. Uh, they and you know how many like quick hitters he has for each possession to run. Uh, you know, in the back of his head to to put down on the whiteboard. Are you worried about? the slightly higher turnover number with Michigan State? No, and the answer is, is twofold. One, the bench. Good. So Great, yeah. If, you know, Tom Tom Nairn can come in and run that team whenever he needs to. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have the scoring. That's a senior. That's a veteran player. You have that option. So he has a be- he has bench. He will use it. If, the, if they're not, they're turning the ball over. They're getting sloppy. He will. And number two is they have a great coach. And I think... There are very few coaches, Gus, that really make this big a difference, that really do. You knew that Florida's going to turn around, didn't even phase us, and already they're starting to turn around. Having a great coach matters, man. Having someone who produces it every year. Tom Izzo's going to figure it out. He's got a million. He's got depth that no one has. They're going to they're going to fly through that Big Big Ten. Obviously, Purdue will be an issue. But outside of that, they're going to fly through it. No, it's not a concern because of depth and because of Izzo. Excellent answers. I'm kind of with you on both of those. I think because there's so much talent and so much depth, I think Izzo is living to wi- willing to live with those mistakes that may come from Langford and Winston and Bridges uh, uh, just because they're all so gifted. I-, I think his willingness to live with some of the mistakes is going to play dividends down the road in March. How's that? And let me ask, I agree. And let me ask you this. You know, a lot of teams, Gus, we've seen recently have issues of free throw shooting. Oh, yeah. I think, Se- I think Seton Hall is one of them, in fact. I think, sure. You know, they had trouble. So everyone's got something. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a team with with great great rebounding, size, guards, three-point shooting ability. Gus is shooting 41% as a team from yeah, three-point range. They're shooting, they're shooting excellent from three. And let me read to you the free throw percentages for these players. Miles Bridges, Gus, shooting 91% from the free throw, yeah. which is very impressive. That's really appealing. Cassius Winston, 88%. Unbelievable. Jaron Jackson, the freshman, 82%. Josh Langford, 81%. Here's my point. Everyone's got something. If turnovers are an issue and they shoot free throws like that, I'll take my chances. Can we can we just bottle that up and like bring that back up in March? That's amazing. Uh, let, let, let's save that little top that that little snippet right there. And we can just replay that over and over again. And that's going to be the truth te- truth teller right there. Well done. Uh, we touched on UNC a little bit, so I'll just jump right down to Duke. Are you worried about Duke not playing top-level defense because they don't have the personnel or, I don't know, the the willingness or the know-how or the, uh, the stick-to-itiveness to, to stick to Coach K's traditional man-to-man and they have to go zone? Do you think this flip-flopping back and forth is an issue or do you think it will be actual an advantage moving down the road where they can actually like bring one of these other defenses out as a change of pace? Are you worried about Duke on the defensive end is basically my question. Gus, this one is tricky because I talked about this in my last podcast. The issue with Duke is that they are not deep and teams that are not deep are not able to get stops and commit that much in certain situations. Mm. Villanova, you talked about it as well. That comeback that Villanova had was incredible. Mm. It was an incredible game. I thought the game was over. I put a tweet out. But they they can't 
they they can't reach, they can't get the easy foul, and they know that, and they play like right, that. right. So you're not going to see Duke Gus lock people down in the first half. It's not going to happen. Now maybe second half, you know, if everyone doesn't have fouls and they're doing well, yeah. But in that first half, Marvin Bagley can't get in foul trouble. Wendell Carter can't get in foul trouble. Grayson Allen can't get in foul right. trouble. They're talking about playing Alex O'Connell a little bit more because Gus he's shooting fifty percent from three point range. He's eleven to twenty two. Dude is stroking it, yeah. He is, but I don't know if Alex O'Connell is the answer right now. No. They don't have depth on this team. So does it worry me? Yeah. If they play Texas Tech right now in Texas Tech, that's a frisky game. Very frisky. That's a little frisky game, huh? So I think it worries me to the extent that you're talking national title with Duke. You're talking Final Four. You're damn right it worries right. me. Right. But if you're asking me, do I think they're going to lose – against South Carolina in the second round? No, I, I don't. I just think they, Bagley is too good. They're too well-balanced. But they don't have a point guard. Duval's okay. He's getting there, but he's, you know. I, I, think, I'm on the, I think I'm on the other side of the fence with uh, as far as Duval is concerned. I, I like Duval. I, I do. I just, if he, right now, you think he's a final four caliber point guard given their defensive problems? I do. I do okay. because there's enough scoring around him. He okay. he's not relying. He he doesn't have to be Trey Young. He doesn't have to be Trey Holder. He doesn't have to be um, Marcus Howard. He he doesn't have to be that high scoring point guard. You know what he has to do? Get in passing lanes. Uh, you know, break down the defense. Uh, break down the defense. Create uh, driving lanes. That that's what he needs to do, and that's what he's really really good at. And I, I think that Gary Trent is a, is just a vital player because I think when you go in there, you worry about Allen, you worry about Bagley. I, I just think that they end up saying, if Gary Trent's going to beat us, so be it. Gary Trent can beat you. It's uh, so a great I, point. I, if he can go know, off any I, game and beat any team, any 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 game that they play, that's a great. Point. Yeah, well said. How about the one team that's not playing out of cat out of character, like the one like top tier team that. Uh, is always in the conversation, especially the last five or six years, for a Final Four or a championship. Uh, and the one team that's not playing out of character is Villanova. Do, do, do you think that's an advantage moving forward? That uh, I mean, sure, they, uh, sure, un- uh, unbelievable upset at Butler. Um, but t- t- let's let's just include that in the conversation. But they're not; they haven't really changed what they do. All of these other teams that we've mentioned have something else to pay attention to or something else to fix or something else to adjust to or something to get better at. Is there anything for Villanova to get better at? Would you say, Gus, that Villanova's shooting threes well this year so far? Would you say that? I would say that they're shooting pretty well. I would have said that too. Okay. They're shooting 41.5% this year from three-point range. It's very good. Yeah, Do you know what Michigan, yeah that's okay. You know Michigan State shooting? 41.1. And Michigan State has depth. This is my issue. Right. You go back one year, man. We're saying the same thing about Villanova. We're saying the same exact thing. They're running the, the buzzsaw. They're unstoppable. You know what happened? They couldn't beat Wisconsin. Mm. Now, if you're going to credit Wisconsin, that's fine. Okay, so maybe we'll just credit the team that's going to beat them eventually. They don't have depth. Spellman's got to get better inside. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson's been fantastic. I agree with you. I was down on him. That was incorrect. He is shooting 60% from the field. 6-0 that's, for point That's card. like, what does that number even yes. mean? That's insane. Yeah. Yes. I, I actually said in the last podcast that I thought Bridges – and listen, I think overall right now, if you had to pick one, it's close. Right. Jalen Brunson is also shooting 49% from three-point range. He's been tremendous. Three rebounds, five assists, 18 points. I don't know if the starting five and DiVincenzo is a Final Four team. Interesting. So are they going to win at Xavier? No, they're not winning at Xavier. They're not winning at Xavier. Could they lose another game on the road? Yes. Okay. Could they lose to Seton Hall? You know, I had predicted that their first loss was going to be Seton Hall. Yep. I think they're solid. I think they're going to rebound nicely. I think they're going to do it. I got Marquette at home, I think, coming up. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they, they've been away for 37 days. We talked about that, the one home game. 
But I, I'm concerned because they have no bench. Zero. Nothing. Zero. Colin Gillespie out. Jermaine Samuels out. We're talking about Cosby Roundtree. Enough. I'm a little worried about them. Okay, a little bit. so oh, that's all. Okay, so there is something to worry about Villanova. I brought them up as like maybe they're just playing the way, but you you feel like their <sighs> lack of depth is is an issue and something that might need to get rectified I, moving forward. Let me ask you, man. You're on you're on Villanova last year. Okay, okay. You had a fantastic season. Sour taste in your mouth though, right? Lost to Wisconsin. Oh sure. You you lost to Butler twice. Yeah, especially you lost to Butler like, twice. You know, you had, you had a kind of a couple home games there in the Garden. Like that would be yeah, that would be right. nice if you're a Villanova player. You, you lost to you lost to Butler twice last year. You fired up for this game. Pretty fired up for this game, aren't you? Yeah. You want to get Butler back, right? You're a competitive athlete, Division One basketball player. You're going to nail him. You don't want to lose again. You're not going to you're not going to lose at home again on, on the road. Have them knock off your undefeated season again? They got their doors blown off. Yeah. Now listen, I understand they had a great comeback, but they couldn't stop Paul Jorgensen. I like Paul Jorgensen. By the way, but I'm saying Jor- Jor- Jorgensen was was doing his Trey Young impersonation in that game. He, he, he was, was pulling from he, deep. He was, but if you're a Final Four team, you got to stop Paul Jorgensen. <laughs> okay, that's all. <laughs> I, but I get it. I, I just so you're, the thing with this is, man, are we comparing them to what? It's hard for me to analyze. Good, this. Good, yeah, yeah, okay. They're very solid. They've been very good so far, and I think they're going to rebound in a big time way. But are they Final Four good? Not with that bench. Interesting, because I, I had them outside of this conversation, but obviously they should be included in this conversation. <laughs> so, uh, again, listeners, I I hope you're enjoying like the. Authentic college basketball talk that we're giving you here. Look, if you really like what you're listening to, uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, follow us at uh, SDS Podcast. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course. Love interacting with you guys. Um, we've interacted with a whole bunch of you guys this past week on, on, on certain topics, so thank you for that. That's been really cool. If you have uh, something to drop, uh, a little note, uh, drop it on uh, at Gmail. Uh, hit us up at sdspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We heard from a couple of our listeners. Um, looking forward to getting back to you guys. Uh, thank you for giving us a, 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 a little heads up on what you're up to and, and things you'd like to talk about on the podcast. Um, we'll get to those things for sure. Uh, and, uh, hey, listen, it's time for some ahoys out there because, Mike, if you like what you're listening to, these people should give us a five-star rating, shouldn't they? Oh, they absolutely should. <laughs> they should. In fact, I think we got a new one. I, so I want to thank uh, – Tom Tupa, thank you for the five-star review. Shout out to you. Ahoy out there. Thank you. I think uh, Tom might be a, an East Coast guy, so thank you very much, Tom. We appreciate the love and uh, so happy you're, you like what you're listening to, so thanks for tuning in. Um, we also want to thank a College Baller Fan for his five-star review. Uh, I believe one of the words he used was phenomenal, or she. We don't want to you know, totally assume that's a, it's a he. Um, so thank you for calling the, the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast phenomenal. Thank you. And we just want to give a little shout out in Ahoy to at Mikey DFS 86. Good luck with your next, next wager. Uh, love to trade any other questions with you and look at some things at lunchtime to see if uh, any lines look fishy. So uh, Ahoy out there to our loyal listeners and some of our new listeners out there. And thank you for those reviews who have given us some out there. Uh, Mike, uh, do we have anything next for the listeners out there? Yeah, really quick, Gus. Let's end on this one. I'm going to give you a couple quick hitters here. Yeah. Okay, just a quick, quick rapid reaction. Ready? Go. January 9th, Purdue at Michigan. Who wins? Purdue. We're going to argue about that. Oh, we got to get a, we got to get a wager out there for the listeners uh, to be enjoy uh, be entertained by for sure. Virginia real or not real? Virginia is very real. Oh my gosh. Very real. I just I don't that did, did, did you I, see I the score against Virginia? I know. I know it's on the road too. I know. Come on. I, I, I Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, I'm just not buying Under, it. Devin Hall in the country? Very related uh, back. 
I'm just not buying it. I know it. you oh. can't buy it, but guess what? You don't I have can't. to buy it. You, like, you just have to keep like ignoring them, and they're going to keep surprising you. That's what's going to happen. Top three, yes or no, ACC finish. For UVA? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, know, do, you, do you remember our previous conversation? Do you know who I took out of the top three? You took North Carolina? Yeah. Do you know who's moving in? Oh my god! <laughs> and look, I, I, look! I told the story of how I'm a UNC guy. Like I grew up in the in in the Carolina blue CYO uniform. It kills me to say that, but it's gonna happen. I'm gonna quote Mike Tyson here. Uh, Ken, everybody's got a plan until they're punched in, in the in the face. Everyone's got a Ken Palm number until they're dunked on. That's gonna be. Okay, let's talk about Ken Palm numbers later. Uh, we, okay. we we all know that they have the top rated Ken Palm <laughs> defensive efficiency number in the nation, and they've ha- they've held like a top three position in that the last couple of years. They are just defending at an unbelievable rate. That pack line defense gives unbelievable coverage from the rim out to the three point line. They run people off the three point line. They are for real. They may not be very talented on offense, but I'll tell you what, they will guard the pants off of you. I'm slamming my head off the microphone. <laughs> you can't take it anymore, can you? Uh, Patrick Ewing's diatribe on Twitter. You like it, Gus? No, I don't like it. I Ooh. absolutely freaking love it. Oh, there you go. Okay, there you go. Good. So, just, just, again, lifting the curtain a little bit, uh, 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 being a former uh, uh, or a current coach, for that matter, um, coaching uh, an, uh, an athlete, a student athlete in, uh, I don't know, in competition uh, and Mike and I talked about this a little bit previously uh, to the podcast. Like I have said to an athlete, have we ever practiced this skill this way, like in competition? And then they just look at me with a straight face and be like, no, Coach Evan. I go, why the, Why in the world are we doing it now? I love that Patrick Ewing called out a player and asked, "Why? Like, have we ever practiced that shot ever? I love it, love it, love it. Couldn't love it anymore. Miami 54 Georgia Tech 64. Miami loses tonight at Georgia Tech after starting 10 and 0. They've lost to New Mexico State and Georgia Tech. Thoughts, Gus? Interesting. Um, this was one of the lines that I put out earlier today. Sorry, uh, followers, to that. I apologize. Um, I thought that was a, a, a decent play right there. You know what? I think it's time to start paying attention to Georgia Tech now that they got their full roster back. How about that? I think now that Okogi's back and and you can and you can complement that with a. Um, the rest of the roster, I, 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 maybe they're okay again. I, I, I don't think that that's. Uh, I, I don't know if they're better than Miami, but like now that they have everybody back, I, I think they're worth paying attention to. And uh, Pastor always plays live. It's not like he's a bad coach. So uh, Miami, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, are they one of those top three teams in the ACC? Eh. Kevin Stallings. After Pittsburgh loses to Louisville, yelling on his way out the door, at least we don't pay our players. Good for defending his players or bad job by Kevin Stallings? It's an awful job. Not bad job. Awful job. This is the that used a cuss word when talking to one of his own players because right. he didn't get in Very line good. for the handshake line. Very and, good, and, 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 and went like bananas on him on national TV. Coach Stallings, you have no room to criticize what other programs or how other coaches operate because of the way you've operated in the past. Awful job out of him. It's got to be all those years playing on that weird coaching on that weird court at Vanderbilt. Last one, Gus. You think somebody can hear him down by, down on the baseline? Zion Williamson, nation's top uncommitted prospect, says he will announce his college decision on January twentieth. His list is narrowed down to Clemson, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, and South Carolina. Where is he going? I have an answer. Wow. Um, I, 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 just again, lifting the curtain a little bit. Like I don't pay a huge amount. 
of attention to recruiting um, and where like people have their final lists to. But I think Zion is one of the guys to pay attention to. You know what's crazy? He could go to Clemson. I'm with you. That's where he's going. I agree with you. Bromel is how great. How great would that be if that dunking machine went to Clemson? That would really throw. That would really throw a cog in like the ACC wheel, wouldn't it? Gus Bromel is two and zero in conference, thirteen and one. They won at BC tonight. Can you imagine? <laughs> Dude, they are ranked in the in, in what the AP poll number twenty five. They they number twenty five. Yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Great job. I mean, we were so down on them, and like we were basically Clemson haters. You know, kudos to Clemson. I love that they're getting a little positive play. All right. Uh, all right, that's all I got, my friend. Anything <laughs> okay. else? All right, good, good, good. <laughs> Uh, listeners out there, thank you so much for carving out some time for the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast out there. Mike and I are always thankful. We're always humbled that you guys tune in. We love that uh, we can give you some content that you can listen to during the week. Uh, we're going to try to continue to give you guys a couple podcasts a week. Uh, Mike and I do have uh, uh, plans moving forward uh, to give you guys a, a little bit more to chew on. One of those plans is, is please hit up uh, uh, randallrant.com. There is unbelievable college basketball content there. Mike does an unbelievable job with his short corner piece. If you're looking for, you know, screen the screener type stuff. Did January did best January games this week. Had the best January games up there this week on the short corner. Very exciting. So, I mean, hit up the short corner, please. We'll have our rankings there every week, and we will do a little write-up on each one of the teams. You can uh, agree, disagree, or, or just give it a thumbs up. Uh, or, 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 you know, if you like what you see there. Include that in your iTunes rating uh, when you hit uh, hit us up for an iTunes rating uh, later on. So thank you, listeners out there. Uh, we're working hard to give you some great college basketball content. So thank you for tuning in. Tuesday, January 9th, 9 p.m. Gus, how many points you give me, Purdue at Michigan? What's going to be the line? L- listen, we'll we'll negotiate the points during the week, and we'll let the listeners know what we're going to go with. You're going to give me five, aren't you? <laughs> Vegas is going to give me five. <laughs> whatever you want but um i'll take a closer look at the numbers when i crunch them uh, a little bit later Uh, i'm telling you right now it could be double digits and i'll still i'll still take purdue michigan's winning out right where's the what's the money line if getting illegal (laughs) we'll see we'll see you cheers out there since when do i love michigan Side.